Hey there, you're listening to We Just Like to Talk. I'm your host, Becky. And I'm Kara. This is a podcast for easy listening about hard subjects. Today's topic is... We love scammers! Becky, you and I are here to talk about two new scam con artist shows that just dropped on Netflix. We're going to talk about Inventing Anna, the nine-part limited series, as well as the documentary The Tinder Swindler. And scamming is hard work. Like, nobody who's a scammer or a con artist of any kind could be called lazy because if you wanted to be lazy, you'd just go get a nine to five and you'd push shopping carts around somewhere. Like, mm-hmm. you know, being a scammer takes work because you have to lie. You have to be consistent in your lies. You have to think on your feet and adapt to the situation. And, and I think that's why I love a good scammer is because if they're scamming like the bigger corporations or, you know, doing that white collar crime, mm-hmm. if they're scamming people out of big sums of money, I, I don't like the people like the Tinder swindler who's scamming like, uh, you know, more innocent people. He's but if you're scamming, He's scamming yeah, down. Like, yeah, yeah, exa- yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Scamming down. If you're scamming down, yeah, I admire that crime. And there's something about like the social engineering aspect of it, right? Like as a scammer, you have to be good at the psychology of people, which is why you're yep. a natural scammer, Becky, because you have a background in psychology. Exactly. <laughs> You know, it's all about exploiting people's desires and everybody desires something different. So for some people, it's sex, some people, it's love, some people, it's power, money, food, you know, like we all have different desires, but that's what a good scammer does is they read your desire and they show you how, if you help them, you'll get what you want. And that is so fascinating to me. Yeah. I I think to add to that, it's, it's like they they tap into the emotional side of humans, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just it's their it's that like desire aspect, but it's also like they are getting you to trust them and to mm-hmm. like them and to want to do things for them. I mean, mm-hmm. that's why Anna Delvey, which we can dive into, was just so she's a genius really it's like she she's a master manipulator truly she's so Mm -hmm. determined she probably to some extent believed her own lies or at least just didn't want to admit them but you know she got people on her side and I think that's the thing about scam artists is that they are they're likable people and you can't you have to be it's like the car sales person yeah you have to have, well, I mean, you have to have our, charisma. Our salespeople are scammers. Let's be real. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. It's like you have to have the charisma and the personality and the, and the execution and the plan. You have to have all of these traits. And if it lines up perfectly, you are, you know, it's, it's the perfect storm to be a scammer. 
All right. Well, like you said, let's get right into Inventing Anna. Let me do a quick synopsis for anybody who hasn't seen this show on Netflix yet. Also, like we're going to get fairly into it. So there are going to be spoilers. If you want to watch the show spoiler free, maybe pause the podcast, go binge all nine episodes. Some of them are really long, but you can do it. Do it for us. (laughs) Um, So Inventing Anna is... It's a um, fictional series. It is based on a true story. But as they say at the beginning of every episode, uh, all of these events actually happen, except for the ones that are totally made up. They take quite a lot of liberties, um, which I think is for, for the good. So the series is based on a New York Magazine article by Jessica Pressler about a fake German heiress named Anna Delvey or Anna Sororkin. Uh, she's Russian, but she she uh, immigrated to the U.S. from Germany, and she conned quite a lot of rich people and companies and banks out of quite a lot of money. She represented herself as this heiress who wanted to set up an arts foundation called the Anna Delvey Fund, but because her trust fund was in Europe and the purse strings were controlled by her distant and absent European daddy. She didn't have access to the money, so she needed loans from banks and other people to bankroll her building lease and getting this foundation off the ground. And the idea, the sales pitch was it would be the most exclusive place for artists and rich, connected people in all of New York. And it it was going great until eventually uh, she ran out of money and it all kind of came tumbling down and somebody that she considered a friend was involved in eventually getting her arrested and indicted by the state of New York. And she stood trial. She was found guilty. She went to prison. She was just released about a year ago. Um, And now she's currently being held in immigration detention because her visa (laughs) expired. So, you know, it's quite, it's quite a sensational story. And the, the series follows a lot of the characters involved in the story, the main characters are, of course, Anna and the journalist who is actually like mo- most of the characters are the same names as the people in real life. But the journalist's name is Vivian Kent, and they've changed her story a bit. The original journalist, um, Jessica Pressler, was pregnant, but it wasn't as dramatic as Vivian's storyline. <laughs> and uh, Pressler did have a fall from grace prior to writing this story, but she had already kind of uh, clawed her way out of what they call Scriberia in the show. She's actually the one who wrote an article that got turned into the movie American Hustlers with uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Oh, Oh, I didn't know that. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But like I said, I I think that the show's departure from what really happened doesn't harm it. Like this is not a documentary by any means. Mm -hmm. It's a drama series and it's, fantastic i really enjoyed watching it there were parts that made me so uncomfortable and we'll, we'll get to those but it, it's really good so if you like scams if you like things based on true true crime stories mm-hmm. go check it out yeah yeah i think that's a great point it's like if you're going in thinking it's a documentary you might be disappointed but at, at least if you have this knowledge i think i don't know it's yeah i think the thing the one my one criticism about the show is that it felt really easy to watch at the beginning and somewhere in the middle felt really long. And then towards the end, I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Like this is like wrapping up really nicely. I think they, they sort of dragged out a couple of things, maybe a little bit too long 
And I don't Mm -hmm. think the episodes needed to be, you know, somewhere like an hour. I think towards the end, it was like an hour and a half. Yeah, the last episode was like a movie. Yeah, right? Like, I was watching some of the episodes, like it would take me two days. But Mm -hmm. I mean, that's coming from someone who watches like more shorter series in general. So I think that would be like my one, the biggest criticism that I would have on like how the show was done. But yeah, I absolutely love the characters in this show. And it's it was just so interesting to see like her friend's point of view, the journalist's point of view, the lawyer's point of view, obviously like Anna's point of view. It was this nice mix of like diversity and just different perspectives. Yeah, nobody in the show comes off looking like a hero. Everybody mm-hmm. is shades of gray, some yep. more than others, of course. Some people obviously have done more terrible things than others like Anna but at the Mm -hmm. same time like there there are no heroes here you know Vivian the journalist does questionable things she crosses some ethical lines um Mm -hmm. she gets kind of obsessive about Anna especially towards the end there um with the trial I think she feels some kind of guilt or responsibility there um everybody Casey Rachel Neff um all the banker people Alan Reed like Todd, the lawyer, everybody has these moments where they do things that they're not proud of. And I think that's part of what makes the show so good is it's not black and white. It's not Anna's this amazing hero, you know, and she's scamming the baddies or, you know, Anna's this terrible deceiver and we should hate her. It's so much more complicated than that. And I really appreciate the depth that the show went to. Well said. Yeah, because that could have easily been like, you know, she's all good or she's all bad and then really had persuaded us like how to think of her. But it was really just like, okay, here, here's a story. Like you said, it's not all based, like it's based off of a true story. So of course they exaggerated certain things or added certain things, but yeah, yeah, that's so true. Even like Rachel, I know you have strong opinions on her friend turned frenemy, Rachel. (laughs) Rachel is so... So interesting because mm-hmm. at the beginning when we meet her based on the perspective we're being told. And, and so the interesting thing about the show is there's a lot of unreliable narration happening because it's kind of being filtered through Vivian interviewing the various people involved and then yeah. kind of spinning this narrative for us. And that's what the show so shows us. And sometimes that's not what actually happened. And we find that out afterwards. So with Rachel, when we first meet her, it's a very antagonistic meeting and we are kind of on the side of the other character, Neff, who has remained loyal to Anna. She's one of Anna's friends and Rachel used to be one of Anna's friends. And Rachel's like, no, I'm not going to visit her in prison. What are you talking about? And, and Neff is all like, well, you know, Anna bought you everything that you're wearing. Why are you so, why are you abandoning her in her time of need? Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, Becky, but I was kind of on Neff's side at that point, And I'm like, oh, Rachel, you bitch. Yep, totally. Yeah, because we didn't we didn't see the full picture. Yeah, as the show goes on, we learn more about Rachel's relationship with Anna and we get things kind of more from her point of view. Um, we find out about this disastrous trip that she went um, on with Anna and their personal trainer, Casey Duke. Uh, they went to Morocco and because Anna, you know, is running these scams and doesn't actually have any money, she ends up basically maneuvering this is that manipulation you mentioned she maneuvers rachel into putting her credit card down to cover the cost of their hotel room and their moroccan vacation 
thinking, oh, you know, it's just temporary. It's just proof that we can pay until Anna's card starts working. But in the end, Rachel ends up basically fleeing back to the U.S. with $62,000 of credit card debt on her. And it's not only on her personal card, it's on her work card. And that's a whole thing. And that whole episode, I felt really, really sorry for Rachel. Mm-hmm. And then we get towards the end of the series and we hear about how she's kind of profiting off her trauma. And I feel the pendulum swinging the other way, right? As we see like Casey, who's initially very supportive of Rachel and what Rachel has gone through. You know, we see through her, it's like she's shocked. She's like, what do you mean you're making over half a million dollars off this experience? Like, you know, I thought we were just kind of supporting each other. And here you are like making bank off this. And well, that you know, and like she also she also like set up Anna to be like arrested in, at the rehab. And so, yes, yeah, like Casey didn't know that either. And she's like, oh, she's like you. She's like, you planted that you were involved. Like, yeah, she's so, so wild. She's, she's like the epitome of like the problematic white woman where it's like, yeah, you know, when she was in Morocco, her first instinct is to burst into tears and cry and be like, please, please, nice Amex lady, get me out of this scary country. I don't want to be racist, but they're scary here. Yeah. Um, you know, but at yeah. the same time, like she's she's not a stereotype. She is a real person. And yeah. there are I still have some sympathy for her, of maybe course. less so now. But when she was in Morocco, like I was afraid for her and I was so uncomfortable you know, when Anna and afterwards, when she's like, Anna, I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to lose my job. Like, yes, oh. it is your fault, Rachel. You misjudge the situation. You totally deserve to lose your job for that. But at the same time, it's like she's texting Anna. She's like, where's the money? And I was like, oh, it's a wire transfer. It's coming. It's coming. And like Anna's being so cold. Yeah, so hard. just like, you know, Rachel doesn't deserve that either. So I guess that's my verdict on Rachel's. It's like Rachel didn't deserve the things that happened to her yeah but i also and maybe this is just my canadian socialism kicking in i also think it's kind of peak american capitalism to make a profit off the fall of your friend like that yeah yeah i i yeah i agree with you something that i found was hilarious like between like the dynamic of uh anna and rachel was when they were in morocco and rachel kept saying like let's go to the gardens. Like I want to visit the gardens. And then um, Anna snapped a little bit and she's like, enough with the gardens. Like who cares about the gardens? And it just totally reminded me of uh, Regina George from Mean Girls when she was saying like, Gretchen, stop trying to make fetch happen. It's not going to happen. And I was just like, it just, I don't know that scene and that moment, it was like, whoa, like Queen Bee is putting her foot down and she's telling her little minion to shut the fuck up. Like, yeah. And yeah. Rachel was totally a minion. Oh, totally. And oh, in court when Todd was just skewering her about being like, oh, like, you know, when you first met, like, why did you want to meet Anna? You saw her in social media. You um, you wanted to befriend her because you saw that she was like climbing the ranks of New York society. Okay. Then you were friends with her. For how long did she pay for your, you know, your food? your outings, Mm -hmm. getting your hair done, your clothes. Okay, so approximately two years. Now you're crying because you had to fork out some money from Morocco. And then now you're benefiting off of it. And it's just like, oh my God, seeing the look on her face and then seeing that little smirk that Anna had, I was just like, (laughs) ah, I feel so... 
I feel vindicated. This is great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, can we go back to Anna for a second? Because I just want to like give like a slow clap to Julia Garner because my gosh, this woman can act. I mean, I first saw her in Ozark. Absolutely love that series. She plays a completely different character. Like you want to talk about like opposite. It's like Ruth Langmore, who she plays in Ozark, is just this like hillbilly, hickish character um curly blonde hair has a very like southern accent she's she's all about like you know justice and 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 telling the truth I mean to some extent it's a little it's a little murky because we're also dealing with drugs here but um you know she she fights like for her family and she's she's a very like loyal person like through and through and then it's like now you have this character Anna who's just like manipulative and like knows exactly what she wants and is getting, you know, charming the pants off of everyone. But just, just like the whole accent is, is wild because I had no idea. It's like you go from this Southern kind of hickish accent to this, this weird kind of, I would say a little bit creepy of an accent because it's just, it's very hard to It's definitely meant to be creepy. Yeah. Oh, totally. So she's Russian by birth, but she grows up in Germany. So it's kind of like a... But then it's a Russian also, accent mediated by German, and then, and then she might also American. be playing it up a little bit. Well, that's the thing. I was I was watching an interview with, with Julia Garner, and she was saying like, yeah, it was this weird hybrid of like Russian German, but then maybe add a little bit of American because she moved to New York and she's trying to like mm-hmm. fit in somewhat. So it was just so interesting just to hear her her take on like how she was playing it and what it took to make create basically create this accent and she was saying she visited Anna in prison and Anna apparently was like I want to hear like your impersonation of me and Julia's like oh my god like what do I do and then so she's like she was because she was just put on the spot and she was like okay I'm just going to mimic her so then you know Anna was Anna said something and then Julia just repeated it with her, you know, that invented uh, accent. And she said that Anna was super impressed and she was laughing. So yeah. I just thought, how meta is that? So that Well, that's the thing about Anna as a person, as well as a character in the show, right? Is she wants to be famous. At the beginning of the series, the question is whether or not Anna's real. By the end of the series, it's fairly obvious she's not. She is a fake heiress. Um, Mm -hmm. She's been lying. And then we're supposed to ask the question of, does she believe her lies? You know, does she, has she deluded herself into thinking that she has money back in Europe? Or is she aware that she is actually scamming people? And my interpretation of Anna is she's a stone cold scammer. She is 100% aware of what the truth is. But that doesn't invalidate her dream, right? Is I don't think she was mm-hmm. trying to scam these banks out of $40 million and then run. I mm-hmm. think she legit wanted to create this foundation and build on her persona of Anna Delvey and be famous. That is what she wants. And when that came tumbling down, she course corrected and she's like, well, if I can't be famous as the good guy, I'm be- I'm, you better believe I'm going to be famous as the bad guy. 
Yeah, she definitely, she, yeah, she definitely knew what she was doing. And she's, she's, was really good at it, you know? Yeah. And even the people she was working with afterwards, like the journalist and the lawyer, it's like, she knew she had to get them on her side. I mean, did that mean, does that mean she was nice through and through to them? Of course not. She would make little remarks. I, I love how her go-to, <laughs> whenever somebody says no to her, yeah. she insults them. It's like the ultimate yeah. form of nagging. Yeah, yeah. It's so, but it's just like, wow, like you, you have some guts to be saying that yeah. to people. Like, and not that I'm admiring what she was saying, especially when she was saying to Vivian, like, you look fat. <laughs> and Vivian's <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> Right, but that, that's why, right? Is it's, it's such an incendiary, rude thing to say to somebody that mm-hmm. normal people wouldn't get away with it. We would shun them. But there's mm-hmm. something about Anna and the fact that she's so consistent in how she does that. It makes us want to get into her good graces. Yeah. And I mean, don't you just love how much she believes in herself? Like she was just so like, I'm going to get this. I'm going to do whatever it takes. And it's like, I admire that. Honestly, I think that's great. Oh, I agree completely because that's the thing about being a hardworking scammer is (laughs) you keep the hustle going. Like, that's the difference. She could have just scammed a bunch of people out of a couple hundred thousand dollars and got and retired somewhere. Like, if that's your end game, that's what I would do, right? Is because me too. I I can't imagine keeping up that life, you know, and having to constantly replenish your coffers. That's something I want to talk about when we get to the Tinder swindler too, right? Because like, he's doing this over and over. And at some point I'm like, do you not get tired of running this scam? Do you not want to just retire somewhere? Like Mm -hmm. this is, this is Anna's job is living Mm -hmm. this way. And like you said, like she never gives up anytime there's a setback, she grits her teeth and she recalibrates. And that's the mark of a good scammer because a bad scammer will, um, when, when they get put on the back leg, they won't know how to adjust and their scam falls apart. And with Anna, it's always like, Oh, okay. Well, when the credit card's not working, I'll wire you the money. Oh, but international wires take like too many days. And Oh, there's a problem with my trust. Like she would always have an excuse and it doesn't matter how suspicious people were getting. She would just tell them to fuck off and she would act the part of the bratty German heiress and people fell for it and they fell for it because of the image. So should we maybe talk a little bit about the fashion in the show? Oh my god, yes, please. I mean, props to the costume designers and the stylists on this show because they blew it out of the water. Unbelievable. For every character too, because it's like, of course, Vivian isn't, you know, polished and has this like upscale look. It's like she's a little frumpy. She's, you know, I mean, she's pregnant and then she has a baby. It's like, of course, she's not totally put together at all times. But I mean, she did still dress nicely and professionally. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, my two favorites were, of course, Anna. And Mm -hmm. I just would love to go through some of the my favorite looks quickly. But um, when she was showcasing or like touring 281 Park with like the advisors and she was wearing this like houndstooth cape, cape, leather gloves, and this, she had this bright red purse. It was just chef's kiss. Absolute <laughs> perfection. And then I forget which scene it was, but she was wearing this like lilac blazer and pants and then just had a very simple black turtleneck. I think it was a very 
polished um, yet girly look, which I appreciated. Um, and then when she was at the art gallery with Helen, and we didn't, I didn't see what she was wearing, um, like under, at, from her waist down, let's say, but we saw from waist up and it was this like black jacket, but it had this like bodice that was floral. So the sleeves were solid and then the mm-hmm. chest piece or whatever you want to call it was just floral and it was just so interesting and, and I don't know, well put together. Um, and of course her gray jumpsuit at Rikers, I mean, she was rocking that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And well, and the reason I bring up the fashion, right. Other than to give you the excuse to just uh, squee all over it because yeah, it, it's <laughs> remarkable. It's, it, it's so integral to the story and to who Anna is as a character. Like, towards yeah. the end there she's refusing to show up in the courtroom because she doesn't have the right clothes which is so ridiculous and mm-hmm. you know it, it runs throughout the whole show and it g- goes to this whole thing of how like men don't take her seriously at first because she's just a pretty face so then she changes the way she's dressing for these professional meetings and yeah. suddenly they start taking her more seriously yeah it's so true but it's like she was dressing like you said it was like she was dressing for each part it's like when she was mm-hmm. at the art gallery, she had a certain look. When she was out with her friends, she had another look. When she was meeting with investors, it was like, you know, an elevated, more professional sort of look. Um, I loved when she tried to manipulate Vivian into buying her, like, designer panties. Yeah. <laughs> Vivian just was like... She's like, don't come back unless you buy me better underwear. <laughs> and Vivian's, like, actually going shopping for it. And she's like, yeah. this is too expensive. And it's just like, yeah. Why are you doing this, Vivian? It's because Anna's starting to rack you around her finger. Yeah. And and I have to say, equally to Anna's fashion, Neff dressed oh, so yes. well. And, and mm-hmm. maybe even better, honestly. There were just certain moments throughout the show that I literally paused and I was like, where is this outfit from? I need it in my life. Um, <laughs> just like a couple of examples when she had this like purple top and then she put these like silver earrings and had silver boots on. Um, mm-hmm. There was another point when she was out with Anna and she was wearing this like white, gold, black striped sequin jumpsuit with white booties. Of course, like the infamous like peach outfit that Anna bought for her. And then she wore this like pink coat, but it had sort of like circles or, I don't know, like light outlines of dots on it when she mm-hmm. was at Anna's hearing. And I was, it was just. It was beautiful. The fashion was just beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> what did no, you I agree. I, I don't have quite the memory for it that you do, but it was definitely something I paid attention to while I was watching. It was yeah, wonderful to look at and just wonderful to see the characters come alive in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah, it was such an important part of the show. Totally. So my fi- kind of final thoughts on inventing Anna would be there is truth in some of the things that Anna says she's really like rocking that girl power angle of like, you know, the world underestimates me because I'm a woman. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think there's truth to this idea that social media and certain other things in our society these days kind of encourage us all to be scammers because mm-hmm. the American dream used to be you work hard and you get ahead and people are increasingly realizing that that's not the case anymore. So it's, it's kind of turned into the American hustle where you need to scam a little bit to get ahead in this world. And I think that's what makes Anna such an an interesting and attractive persona. 
Mm-hmm. I I totally agree with that, and it just makes me think of the whole saying like, "Don't hate the player, hate the game," because it's like she's 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 doing things to the extreme, of course, but it's like who hasn't you know put out an image on social media that's maybe like a little bit exaggerated. I know a lot of people Facetune or Photoshop, and it's like even maybe exaggerating something on your resume or um spinning a story just so that you sound a little bit better it's like who isn't doing that and like trying to put a different side of themselves out there I also totally agree with you about the whole you know she's like if I were a man it would be different and it's so sad but it's so true and I would just like to say one of these quotes or one of the things that she said in the show just like really resonated um and I probably with a lot of women as well but she's like everyday men do far worse things than anything i've allegedly done and what happens to them nothing no consequences no fallout and definitely no jail time men fail upwards all the time and it's like boom yeah mic drop you know and vivian sitting there and she's like yeah i get it because you know she had that bit of a fall from grace from her previous article and now she's like trying to work her way back up. But she's like, if this were to happen to a guy, it would be like, you know, just brush it off and move on to the next thing. Yeah. Anna mm-hmm. got sentenced to 12 years in prison. She didn't serve that many years, of course. She got let out early. But, you know, mm-hmm. she got sentenced to 12 years in prison. And rapists get less jail time. Like. So crazy. You know, and, and so the sentencing is part of the way that the injustice system in America, and it's true in Canada too, like it will punish people who try to exploit the system in a way that you're not supposed to. Uh So if you are a white man, especially a rich, white, cis, straight, able-bodied man, uh, and you, you know, do things that impoverish entire communities or pollute the planet or whatever, you are applauded and you are rewarded. Um, But if you are a woman or you are a queer person or a disabled person and you have the audacity to steal some money from some banks and use a company's private jet without permission. Right. And I'm not, you know, I'm not saying be gay, do crimes per se, but, you know, um, it's an outsized punishment. Like, yes, Anna committed crimes and she deserves she has to make some kind of restitution for that. But the way that she was punished for it is. You know, our society is punishing a woman for doing, as you were saying and quoting, what men do all the time. We just had so much to say about Inventing Anna and the Tinder Swindler, we decided to split this episode up into two parts. Part two, featuring our discussion of the Tinder Swindler, as well as Kara and Becky both sharing some stories of us being scammers, will be coming soon. Until then, if you want to talk to us about scammers that you love or about inventing Anna, please find us at Facebook, We Just Like to Talk, or go to our website, wejustliketotalk.com. Thanks.